I appreciate so much the comments that Steve made concerning the, the power of God and the power of prayer. And you combine that with the praise that we have been offering today. And it can't help, I think, but encourage. It can't help but strengthen. It can't help but pick you up. And let's just be honest, we need some pick-me-ups these days. You think about the different headlines that you've seen over the last week. You think about the different things that have been perhaps blowing up your inbox. Hurricane Dorian is now a Category 5 and headed for the Florida coast. There are fires that are destroying the Amazon. You saw in your inbox this last week information about the homeless and the situations that they are dealing with multiple cities across our nation. And then of course yesterday there was in your news feed information about events in Texas in the Odessa Midland area and the shootings that were taking place there. And all of it just serves to remind us that our world is filled with a lot of bad news. It just seems like every time we pull up any kind of news feed, every time we get out the newspaper to read, that there's always something to remind us that this is a world that it seems is just falling apart at its seams. More and more we are reminded that the world in which we live in doesn't appear to be safe. The world that we live in doesn't appear to be healthy. The world that we live in does, does not appear to be a, a good place. And that's why I think that the message of Jesus Christ is so important for the people of Jesus Christ to share. Because Jesus himself said, here on this earth, you're going to have many trials, you're going to have many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And understand, as we take bread and cup this morning, as we take this bread and cup together, we are acknowledging the promise of Jesus that though this world is filled with bad news, there is still good news that overcomes the world. So as you, as you take bread and as you share cup, you think about all the different headlines that you've seen, all the different events that have gone on this week, all of the bad news that you have heard, but you take bread and cup with the reminder that there still is good news in this world. There still is something good worth talking about. There is still something good worth living for. And that good news is present right here and right now as we remember the God who has overcome the world. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the way that it shines through in so many different areas in our life. We see all the different signs of bad news that are going on in our world and yet there are these glimmers of hope that we see every time, every time we read about someone who is being sacrificial, every time we read about a generosity, every time we see how that there are others who, who love just because 
Love is needed. You touch our lives in so many ways. And so remind us as we take this bread. Remind us of the goodness that comes through Jesus. Remind us of the good that came through his death. Remind us of the good that came through his resurrection. Remind us of the good that is still present right here and right now in our lives because Jesus lives today. It's in his name that we pray and we share together. Amen. If you are traveling because of Labor Day, thanks for stopping in here with us at East Brainerd. Hope that you enjoy your time in Chattanooga. And if you are part of our East Brainerd family, just good to see you again. Thanks for coming to, uh, to be a part and to encourage those who are around you. And hopefully, hopefully you're going to be changed tomorrow because of the time that you have, because of the time that you spent here today. Now, I've already said that, listen, our world is filled with bad news. And there's a lot of, there's just a lot of bad news that's out there. And, and earlier as I was talking about this, I, I did decide to skip over one, but thought I might as well say it now. There's, there's a lot of bad news out there, and some of that bad news is that it's football time in Tennessee. I know, it's, I know, it's, it's like just twisting the knife. I, I get it. Uh, but, but we have a, a Georgia State grad with us today. Michael Etheridge is a Georgia State alum, and Georgia State doesn't get a lot of shout-outs. And so this is Michael's day. So when you see Michael, you just be sure, that smile that he has, you know, just smile back at him. You know, give him a high five, give him a big hug. Um, Tennessee fans, you, you might want to just go the other way when you see Michael walking down the hallways today. I, I don't know. He'll be the one shouting, go Panthers. Uh, but uh, it, that's great, Michael. Hey, man, enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it. It's, uh, that's, a great, uh, that's a great thing. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, hey, look, um, it, it does seem like every time we pull up some kind of news feed, uh, there's always a reminder that we live in a world that's in, in crisis. And, and I truly believe that that, that is why that the message... The message and ministry of Jesus is something that is still so important today. The words that he spoke centuries ago, the life that he lived, the death that he died, the, the resurrection that he experienced, these are things that are needed today just like they were needed thousands of years ago. Now, it might surprise you to learn, Jesus never asked anyone to be a Christian. Did you know that? Jesus never asked anyone to be a Christian. Here's what he did ask people. He asked those that listened to him to believe the good news. He said, here's what I want. I want you to believe. The work of God is this, to believe in the one who he has sent. Jesus also said, I am from above, you are of this world. I'm not of this world. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. They took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, Jesus said, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into this world as a light so that no one who believes in me will stay in darkness. You believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. My prayer is not for these alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, 
that all of them will be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. All of these quotes from Jesus come from the Gospel of John there in your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and in fact, John, when writing his gospel, will use the Greek verb for believe almost 100 times. At the conclusion of his gospel, he says this about Jesus. He said, they performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not recorded in that particular book. He said, but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you can have life in his name. John says the focus of everything that I have written, the focus of everything that I have put down is that so whoever reads this might be able to believe. And we ask the question, but why? Why was that so important to John that his original audience and then for you and me all of these years later would come to a, a time of belief that Jesus is truly the Messiah, the Son of God. Why was it so important? Because for John... He says, believing brings life. That's what scripture shows. That life comes through belief. It's not belief for belief's sake. The focus is on life. And Jesus will talk about this life. And he says, look, it's like a treasure that's hidden in a field. And when a person finds it, they go and, and sell everything that they have in order to buy that field. Jesus said that this life is like a, a merchant looking for fine pearls. And then when he has found one of great value, he goes and sells everything that he has in order to buy the pearls. That's how Jesus describes the life that comes with belief. He says there's nothing that compares. There's nothing that you can compare it to. There's nothing that competes. And his words capture all of our imagination. What is it that is so great? What is it that is so amazing that a person will be willing to give up every single thing that they have just to grab hold of it? And Jesus said, it's the life that comes after your belief. And I think this is where we've gotten off track. I think we've gotten off track because we've said believe. And then you get to read your Bible. Believe and then you can go to church. Believe and you can pray. Believe and then you get to sign up for our online giving. Believe and then you can do nice things. Believe and then you can do Christian things. Now let's just be honest. What imagination does that capture? What excitement does that bring? Why is the church not reaching younger individuals? Why are they not reaching people in general? It's because we have told them that the only thing on the other side of belief is getting to go to church and do Christiany things. We have failed to tell others the good news. That on the other side of belief, there is life. Believe, and you can live empowered by love. Believe, and you can dwell in peace. Believe, and you can overflow with wisdom. Believe, and you can be shaped by justice. Believe, and you can be filled with compassion. Believe, Jesus says, and you can live. And the life that you live, God says, I'm going to use that life to impact all eternity. I'm going to use that life to impact your city, to impact this country to impact the world. 
He says, I am going to use that life to impact your marriage, to impact your children, to impact where it is that you work, where it is that you play. I will use that life in order so that when the kingdom has come, my will will be done. That was Jesus' prayer, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, Jesus understood that his mission on earth was the inauguration and the proclamation of the kingdom. He said, I have got to proclaim, he said, I've got to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God because that is why I was sent. He says, I was sent to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here and present. And it's the mission of each and every one of his disciples to continue that proclamation. But we have failed to tell others the good news. You see, the good news is a political, social, religious, artistic, economic, intellectual, and spiritual revolution that gives birth to a new world. The good news does not build churches that merely meet and greet, but the good news calls out a congregation of people who choose to participate in the long-awaited rule of God. The good news directly affects and directly impacts how you earn and spend money, how you treat people of other races and religions. Its message directly addresses issues like sexuality and gender roles and immigration and racial reconciliation. The good news challenges all of our assumptions and it demands a change in our thinking and in our behavior. And each faith generation has to guard against watering this good news down. We have to guard against making the good news of Jesus become just a few verses that we memorize. A few platitudes that we offer. You know, for almost 1,500 years, the Jews watered down and distorted the will of God. And while there were seasons where they had great success and fulfillment, their legacy is more of a statement of them not being able to get along with others and, and oftentimes not being able to get along well with God. Their history is a story of both promised lands and broken promises. They received an inheritance, they became a nation, they built a temple, only to see that temple desecrated, to see the nation crumble and their inheritance taken away. But they were a proud people and there were some among their group who believed the message of the prophets, the message that had been spoken, that there was a promise that one day that God was going to send a Messiah and he would once again restore all that had been taken away and that past glory would be returned. Until that day, they waited with great anticipation, but also with great apathy. They offered sacrifices. They memorized scripture. They celebrated special feasts. They attended times of worship and study. They practiced their religion and they waited, but their God was not pleased. Time and again through his prophet messengers, he said, I hate and I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have, I'll have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. You see, for all of their religiosity, for all of their spiritual practices, there was something that was missing. He had told them what he wanted. His ultimate desire for his people was for them to love mercy, 
for them to act justly and to walk humbly with him. Some people listened, some didn't, and they waited. Until one day there was a man who came in the tradition of the prophets of old, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And man, the people of Jerusalem, they flocked out to hear his message. They wanted to see what this baptizer was having to say. They wondered, could this be the one that had been prophesied? For longer than they could remember, they had been a conquered people. And perhaps this was the one that was going to change everything. John told the people that though he was not the one promised by God, the one who was promised was coming. And to prepare for that one's arrival, he said they needed to change their heart attitude. They needed to be washed for the forgiveness of their sins. And they needed to demonstrate a change by the way in which they would go around and treat other people. He said they were to share their clothes with those who were poor. They were to be content with their wages. They were not to go and take from others more than what was due. They were to stop falsely accusing one another. There was to be a complete, a complete heart change going on. There was nothing in his message about swords and toppling dictators. In fact, his harshest words were reserved for the religious of his day, not for the Roman occupying force. He told those who were religious that the time had come for them and they needed to change. But like today, many in the religious never believed that the message was actually for them. And then it was in this context that a teacher from Nazareth on the Sabbath day went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he took to read from the prophet's notes of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolls up the scroll and he sits down to teach. And he said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled. And you're hearing. And with that, Jesus declared heaven's answer to our world's most urgent needs. He said, Good news. The kingdom of God is here. A new dominion and a new message. It was something that was going to be revolutionary, it was something that was meant to change what was going on at that moment and it was something that was meant to impact not just their present life but their future as well. A new dominion, a new message and as citizens of that kingdom it is our responsibility to promote the agenda of the king. You understand that our world says and teaches us that we are to hate our enemies but good news our king says you don't have to hate you can love. Our world says that we are to allow injustice. But good news. Our king says that injustice will not be tolerated. Our world says that we are to exclude foreigners. But good news. Our king says that the outcast is welcome. Our world says that we are to hoard our money. But good news. 
Our king says that blessings are to be shared. Our world says that we are to diminish life. But good news, our king says that every single life has value. The blessings of God are for everyone. And we are to be his instruments for his mission and for his ministry. Jesus called his disciples to participate in a kingdom that was tangible, in a kingdom that was invading human history, a kingdom that was so present that they could reach out and touch it, a new order in their very midst. And we have been called to participate in that same kingdom. And because of that, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, then there's good news. You are a world changer. You are someone who has the ability to change your world through the power of the Spirit of God. You have the opportunity. You have the moment. You have the time and the place to make changes in your workplace, to make changes in the schoolroom, to make changes in your neighborhood, to make changes in the city, to make changes in this country, to make changes in this world, because you have heard the message of God to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. You see, it's why Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing, announcing the good news about the kingdom. He said, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins, he says, and believe the good news. Guys, you've heard a lot of bad news. You've heard enough bad news this last week to last you for the rest of the year. How about today you believe the good news? The good news that God's kingdom is here. The good news that there is life in Jesus Christ. The good news that God desires to change this world through you. All I'm asking is that you embrace that life. Is that you believe that message. And that you let the change Start today. Will you believe the good news? You're a world changer. All of the things that you've seen in the headlines, all of the things that have brought you grief, when you see the way that people are treating others, when you see how individuals are reacting, the different things that are causing you pain and sorrow, there is good news Jesus says, I have overcome the world and my followers are overcomers as well. Will you believe that message today? Will you believe that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God? As John the Baptizer said so many centuries ago, will you have a heart change? Will you be immersed, baptized for the forgiveness of your sins? Will you change the way that you are treating one another? Will you allow the kingdom of God to be your kingdom? Will you allow the message of God to be your message? And will you allow the good news of Jesus Christ to be the news that you continue to share? If you need to come this morning for any reason whatsoever, we ask that you do so as together we stand and give God praise.